Good morning. I did that again for SoundCloud. All right. So good to be here, Joe. Uh, Joe, where are you? Wave at me, Joe. There he is. Joe wanted me to announce that today is Gideon Sunday. Such a wonderful ministry, and uh, Gideon Bibles have impacted our world. And so, hope that you can uh, participate and be a part of that wonderful ministry. Someone asked me if I was going to uh, participate in the golf tournament. The answer is no. <laughs> you know, when uh, the president goes and speaks at Congress, whenever he does the State of the Union address, there's always one person left behind. <laughs> and uh, they're the guy that in case there's a nuclear disaster, there's one guy left behind in the Situation Room. I'm the guy, alright? So, uh, I'll be in the Situation Room here at First Baptist Church, and everybody else will be playing golf. Well, it's a, a great day. I tell you, a good number here today. What a wonderful class. And if you're here visiting today, join up. Uh, we have a wonderful class, and always exciting. I love being a part of this class and I love the testimony of this class. I, I know on SoundCloud, don't forget soundcloud.com, a lot of folks listen to our class and uh, enjoy that weekly. I, uh, I'm excited about teaching this wonderful story today. It is a farmer's story. And we find it in Mark chapter 4, there in your Bible. Mark 4 verses 1 through 20 is the whole parable. Now I married a uh, farmer's daughter, so um, I'm familiar with farming, know a little bit about it, knew enough that I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I knew that. The only fun I ever had on the farm is when I rounded up cows uh, riding a four-wheeler. Now, I enjoyed that. But besides that, it was a lot of work. I, um, I was thinking about farm stories and uh, got my, my mind kind of wondering about farm stories. And I thought about one of my favorite farm stories came from a place called Hooterville. And uh, there in Hooterville, there was Oliver Wendell Douglas and his wife, Lisa. And then there was uh, Mr. Haney. And then there was Ralph and Alf Monroe. And then there was Doris and Fred Ziffel. And they had a son. They called him a son. His name was Arnold. Arnold was a pig. And all of this happened in Green Acres, that's right. You know, Arnold the pig was in 66 episodes of Green Acres. He made a lot of money, didn't he? Someone said he really brought home the bacon. I worked on that all week. John just got it. <laughs> I 
Did you know Green Acres is the place to be? Farm living, that's the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. Well, when you and I think about farm stories, maybe you think about Green Acres, but I hope you think about the parable of the soils that we find here in the Word of God. Let me read Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. He began to teach again by the sea. And such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Now let me stop there and just tell you that this parable begins a ministry in the life of Jesus that is new. This is the first time that Jesus uses a parable. In fact, it's the first time in His ministry where... He tries this kind of teaching. Now, a parable is a great way to teach. I just did it. I told you a story about Green Acres, but that is to illustrate the story in the Word of God. A parable is an earthly story that illustrates a heavenly truth. Now, Jesus knew that good, hard teaching, people would zone out. They do. I, I know when I'm in the pulpit, when I'm preaching, that I can go about 20 minutes and I can look out there and you've got this deer in the headlight look. Man, you zoned out. But if I can put the brake on and tell you a funny story, I've got you back. And I've got you back for about 10 minutes and then you zoned out again so i got to find another story. I know it. I mean, I know people. Now, the word parable means literally to cast alongside of. So, here is a deep biblical truth. If I tell a parable... I cast alongside that deep spiritual truth something to help you understand. Now, when you think about the parables, you think about the prodigal son. You think about the good Samaritan. Other great parables in the Word of God. But Jesus began His ministry in parables by telling the story about soils. Now, Jesus was a great storyteller. Now, here's just my personal take. If you're going to be a good preacher or a communicator, you've got to be a good storyteller. You've got to be able to tell a story and not just to chase a rabbit, but to kill one eventually. 
I, I hear a lot of rabbit chasing, but I'm, you know, finally I say, man, kill that thing. You know, kill that rabbit. Well, you and I know that in the parables, in fact, Jesus told over 60 parables. Over 60 of them. And they all honed in, zeroed in on a dramatic spiritual truth. And this one right here, the parable of the soils, or you may call it the parable of the sower, has a dramatic spiritual truth. Now, let's talk about the cast of characters. Number one, he tells of the sower. He tells of the sower. This is the one who sows or tosses out the Word of God. Alright, the sower is someone who is instrumental in throwing seed out there. Now, I like this sower because he just chunks it everywhere. I mean, he just throws it out there. And so the sower is the one that is responsible for broadcasting the seed. Now, I know we got internet and radio, satellite this and satellite that, but you know, years ago, they would talk about the signal from a radio station that would be broadcast. I remember my dad on a Saturday night looked forward to getting that old radio dial and trying to tune in the Grand Old Opry. <laughs> and he would enjoy it. He said, oh man, I got it, I got it. And uh, we'd sit there and it'd fade a little Well, he'd have to tune a little bit more and get it tuned back in. I remember the first car I had, that old 1954 Chevy, it had a, a radio that had tubes in it. And I turned that thing on and had to wait until the tubes warmed up. And then the radio would come on. Now don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you are old enough that you know about that. Mom and Dad had a big... Now Lance, you probably don't, alright? You know, I love Lance being in here because he helps the age ratio in our, in our class. That's right. Yeah, helps the curve there. He sits in front of Frank over there. Frank will get some of that, that yeah, youth I'm off of him. So <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that does make me feel old. Okay. <laughs> but you know, whether it be an old Zenith TV or an old radio, those bulbs had to warm up and you had to tune it in. But the signal was broadcast in a large area. And that's what the sower does. Simply chunks the seed out there. Alright, number two, let's look at the seed. The seed is the gospel of grace. The seed is the living, powerful, inerrant, infallible Word of God. That's what the seed is. And when you and I throw the seed out there. There is power in the seed. There is energy in the seed. There is life in the seed. 
The seed has the life-giving power of salvation. The gospel of grace. Now, the seed is good. Ain't nothing wrong with the seed, alright? Okay. Third, the soil. The soil represents the heart and the mind of the person hearing. And so, the soil is wrapped up, now stay with me on this, in the mind, the will, and the emotions of the person. When I got saved, Jesus invaded my heart. But I heard the Gospel with my mind. But I accepted Christ in my heart. I had a life-changing decision that affected my mind, my will, my emotions. Man, I uh, before I got saved, I loved to listen to Chicago. Now, I'll be honest with you, there's still part of that in me. Man, you know, 25 or 6 to 4, color my world, questions. Uh, does anybody really know what time it is? I mean, man, I, I still, boy, I hear a little Chicago and I'm going, yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, get in the groove there. Now, but when I got saved, I, I got a new flair for a new kind of music. Now I hear someone saying, my tribute. Or I hear someone saying, I love to tell the story. And that blesses my heart, not just my mind. So, the soil affects mind, will, and emotions. As you look at this parable, it cannot be interpreted right without looking at the soil, the sower, and the seed. All three things. Now, i tell you what Jesus did. Do you notice in your Bible in verse 13, in, in my Bible, in big black letters above verse 13, it says, explanation. I am so glad that Jesus explained this parable. You know why? It has saved us from a multitude of weird, strange interpretations. I'm glad that Jesus said, this is what I mean by the parable. So, as you and I look at this wonderful parable of the soils today, we are going to look at four different things. Alright? Four different kinds of soil. Number one, there is the closed mind and heart. Typified by the soil cast by the wayside. Let's look at it. verse 4. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. So, Jesus said, this guy who is throwing seed, as he just throws it out there, some seed goes by the wayside, by the roadside. In other words, on the hard, beaten path of the road. The wayside refers to a narrow pathway that everybody walked on. 
It was beaten down. It was hard as concrete. It was a path that was trod and trod and beaten down. I mean, it was like concrete. That hard. And so the seed laid on top of that hard soil could not penetrate the ground, could not find a root there, and the birds come by and gobble it up. Now, look at the explanation, verse 15. These are the ones who are beside the road, where the word is sown, and when they hear, immediately, this is Mark's favorite word, immediately, Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. Here's what happens. Seed is thrown out there. Lays on top of the ground. Cannot find a root. Cannot get penetrated there in the heart. And Satan comes and gobbles it up. Know anyone like that? Man, I do. There are some people that have such a hard, bitter heart. It is calloused over. It's crusted over. And the Word of God cannot penetrate that hard, calloused heart. Now, the funny thing is, or the amazing thing, Jesus doesn't say, don't throw your seed there. He doesn't say, give up on that person. No, it doesn't say that. It says that you and I are to be faithful to throw the seed. Even on someone that has a closed mind and a closed heart, buddy, don't give up, don't give in, don't bow down, don't cow down, just keep on throwing that seed. Let me just share with you a personal story. I have a sister that years ago, when she left home, she um, kind of got away from her faith and got away from the Lord. And uh, when she left home, she left her Bible behind. And then about two weeks ago, something happened in my sister and in my brother-in-law's life. My brother-in-law had a heart attack and had to have bypass surgery and so they did that out there in uh, Las Vegas and did the surgery and Randy's doing fine and uh, but Cheryl kind of went through a time where she was really really reaching out and calling on people to pray so uh, the Holy Spirit of God said send that Bible to her so I wrapped it up and and you know, it was so cute. I opened up the Bible, you know, Cheryl and Randy forever. I mean, surfy stuff like that was written all through it. You know? <laughs> love, you know, love poems, and you know, I mean, it was just really surfy. And it, it was a, an old living Bible. So anyway, I wrapped it up and sent it to her and had clippings in there. When she got it, she said, uh, Thank you for giving me back my Bible. And she said, I'm going to display that Bible in my home on this coffee table. 
And she said it was good walking down memory lane and remembering the things that were in the Bible. Amen. I want to tell you something. Don't you think that just because someone's got a hard heart today that it won't be tender tomorrow? Man, it's not your job. Now listen, you're not the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to deal with inspecting the heart. You just throw the seed. You just throw it out there. So, the seed was good, but the soil was hard. And Satan came and tried to take away, or he did take away that seed. But, you be faithful and just keep on throwing the seed. Let's move on. Number two, okay? Second. Here's the second kind of soil. Now, this one represents a confused mind and heart. Look at verse 5 and 6. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Now, this parable not only deals with a hard heart, but also a confused mind and heart. These rocky places in Israel, they are everywhere. And sometimes on this stony ground, on a pile of rocks, there would be a thin layer of green. A thin layer of what appeared to be soil. But the layer is so thin, it's just topsoil. Something may grow there, but it's not going to have life. Because when the sun comes and beats down on it, it's going to dry up and wither away. It has no root. Here's the word. It's shallow. It's shallow. Now, what happens when seed is cast on someone's heart that is typified by this kind of soil? They make a decision. They jump for joy. And they get so thrilled and excited. But they fade quickly because they base their decision on emotion. And it's shallow. So when hard times come, they bail. When someone says, lay down your life, pick up your cross, and come and follow Me, they're not there. The reason why is because they always look at something emotional. Now, stay with me on this. Just because you feel like you're saved, that's wonderful. But your salvation is not based on your feelings. It's based on your commitment. And sometimes I feel up and sometimes I feel down. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the heaven of heavenlies. 
And sometimes I feel like I'm in the base of depression. My salvation is not based on how I feel. It's based on my sins being nailed to the cross and accepting that truth. You and I are not saved by how high we jump when we get saved, but how straight we walk when we come down. Now, this speaks about the emotional response someone gives Jesus a try. They use Jesus as a spare tire. They get caught up in the moment. Again, they jumped for joy, but it's all emotional. You know anyone like that? I've got someone's name written down here. I had a deacon one time. Man, when he was excited, when church was thrilling and exciting, he was the best thing in the world. Man, when things were hard and tough, he was good for nothing. Good for nothing. I told him that. I said, man, you're the best deacon in the world when it's exciting, but man, it's not always exciting. I mean, we're not always singing the Hallelujah Chorus. Sometimes we're singing doom, despair, and agony on me. You know it, deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. Sometimes if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. There we go. Uh, I see Barry and, and Lynn up here. Let, let me put a plug in. You know, our little small group met the other day, and, and we had such a wonderful time Friday night with our fellowship group. And uh, where's Becky? Okay, well, you tell Becky I'll plug this, alright? Uh, it's wonderful to get in a home where, uh, you know, there's just a good atmosphere and you have this wonderful fellowship and, and uh, Lynn made this wonderful dessert. And uh, it, I call it Snickers Surprise, but uh, is that it? Snickers Surprise. And, and, you know, you take a little bitty Snickers bar and wrap it up in a crescent roll and you bake it in the oven and then you put chocolate syrup and a little whipped cream on top and that, that Snickers, you know, it melts inside that crescent and boy, you cut that crescent roll out and all that Snickers, the caramel, the chocolate, it's all just running out. Now man, when I ate that, I was singing the Hallelujah Chorus. I'm still on a high, man. I ain't sleep. I ain't slept for two days, man. You know, I am jacked, man. I am jacked up. But you can't live on that. <laughs> if you live on that, you're gonna die, and your teeth are gonna rot out. All right, you can't live on it. Yeah, you gotta have a few Brussels sprouts. <laughs> she did not it was wonderful but now listen to me there, there are people out there and they've got a confused mind and heart they are like this seed thrown on the pile of rocks they sprout up quickly but they're confused because they think Christianity is always going to be 
thrilling and exciting and, you know, pie in the sky, by and by, it's not. I promise you, if you're a child of God, you're going to have trials. I promise you, you're going to have temptation. I promise you, there are going to be times when your children, they're going to be demon-possessed. They are. There are times when your husband is just not going to be kind and considerate and loving. And there are times when your wife is going to be in the same boat, alright? There are times when you go home and you know, mom and dad are arguing, the kids are, you know, they're in a mess and you're kicking the dog around. I mean, there are times like that. Now, Jesus is saying, don't base your life on emotions. Alright, in fact, in, i got a Scripture here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says these words, Then Jesus said to His disciples, if anyone wishes to come after Me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. You cannot be saved on emotion. Alright, let's move on. Got to hurry here, alright? Number three. Number three. Third type of soil. Third type of soil is the cluttered mind and heart. And this is found in verse number seven. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Let's go ahead and look down at 18 and 19. Look at the interpretation on this, the explanation. Verse 18, And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the Word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the Word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, here is this soil. This soil is represented by someone that has so many things in their life that there's not room for Christ or the Word of God. Jesus says there's a soil out there that has thorns and thistles just right beneath the surface. So listen, seed goes out, the Gospel does, touches someone's heart, but in their heart is a car, is a house, is a diamond, is a watch. All of the things of the world, a job, prestige, honors, trophies of the world, all of these things are in their heart. And Jesus can't find room in there because of all the stuff that's in their heart. Know anyone like that? Sure you do. Sure you do. Someone that is wanting to get things and wanting to get prestige that they don't have time for church. Oh, I love to come to church, but it's my family time. What do you do? Well, we go to the lake every Sunday. 
take my boat out there. Well, I'd, I'd like to honor Christ with my life, but I'm just trying to get ahead in my job right now and I work all the time. i got news for you. The Lord knows how to give and the Lord knows how to take away. And sometimes those things that you and I try to accumulate, they'll rise up and be our detriment. Someone said years ago a very clear statement about that. They said, we spend our health to get our wealth. And then we spend our wealth to get our health back. Is that not true? It is. This person doesn't own a house. Now stay with me, this will be good. This person doesn't own a house. A house owns them. This person doesn't own a car. A car owns them. This person is afraid to leave their house for fear that someone's going to break in and take their stuff away. I got news for you. God gives us things to use, but it's all going to rot and rust away. Ain't none of it eternal. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Alright, let me move on to the fourth one. You all have been so good today. Number four. The fourth type of soil is the cultivated mind and heart. This is the good soil. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. Other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. I look down at verse 20. And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on good soil. And they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Notice that they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, let me just give you a quick observation there in the text. Not everybody bears the same amount of fruit. Do you see that? But everyone bears some amount of fruit. Not, not the same, but everyone does bear fruit. What makes good soil? Three things. Number one, it's prayed over by a saved person. Someone prays for that soil. Someone prays for that heart. They pray for that individual. Number two, it's penetrated by the Spirit of God. God's Spirit does a work. Number three, it's plowed by the Word of God. Remember those three words. Prayed, penetrated, and plowed. Prayed over by a saved person. Penetrated by the Spirit of God. Plowed by the Word of God. Man, I'll preach one. You and I find good soil when those three things happen. Are we the inspectors? Well, not really. Are we in charge 
of identifying the hearts? Not really. We just throw the seed. Just throw the seed. Dwight L. Moody, the great evangelist, one time said, he said, all I am is God's paper boy. He said, I throw the papers, they hit the door. But somebody's got to open the door and pick up the paper. That's all we are. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank You. Lord, it's been my thrill today to teach and to expound this wonderful parable. Father, may we be faithful sowers of the seed. Father, may we broadcast that wonderful Gospel into a lost world. And then, Father, it's up to You and up to them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great day.